Hello, friends. I want to welcome you to our latest podcast talk. This is Pastor Marco. Listen, uh, we love to have you come hang out with us live. If you've never been, if you live in the area, we have two services, Saturday 6 p.m. and Sunday 10 a.m. And if you have kids, we have incredible children's ministry for all ages. And don't forget to check out our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. We believe this message is going to encourage you, but also challenge you in your walk with God. You go ahead and open your Bibles to Psalms 19 as we continue to talk about what it means to experience God. I want to talk to you about one of the tools that God gives us to experience him, which is the Bible. So the next few weeks, I'm going to talk to you about four tools that God has made available to all of us. First, I'm going to talk about the Bible. Next week, I'm going to talk about prayer. Prayer is a tool. The week after that, I'm going to talk about circumstances. Sometimes the circumstances that God uses to speak to us. And then uh, four weeks from now, I'm going to talk to you about how God uses the church to speak to us. Uh, we're going to take a little intermission on Easter, uh, do an Easter message, and then we're going to continue this Experience God series. How many of you guys have been blessed by this so far, this last four weeks? So Psalm 19 Verse 7, we're going to begin in verse 7, says this, the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commands of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey them. Can you say amen? Amen. So I want to talk to you of how God uses these words from the Bible to speak to us. And if you've been paying attention the last few weeks, we talked about how This whole thing about experiencing God is the fact that God loves us and his number one priority is for us to know him. That's the number one thing in in God's economy is that I want you to know me. I want you to experience me. I want you to have a relationship with me. And so in that, God gives you tools for you to be able to know him. It's almost like God is in so much into relationships that he has tools for those relationships to be able to work, right? And we know in any great relationship, healthy relationships, communication is key. You have to have communication. And so God has made sure that he speaks to us in many different ways. And one of the main ways that God speaks to us is through the pages of the Bible. Can you say amen? Amen. You know, the Bible is interesting because it's not a book. It's a library of books. There's 66 books that, that spend 15 centuries of life written by over 40 people who experience God in their own time and place, you know. Um, it's interesting because, you know, I've been thinking about this. We live in a very opinionated world. I think you would agree. Everybody has an opinion nowadays. And, uh, and it's becoming more and more confusing because there's so many voices. Like so many voices coming from so many different angles. And, and, and there's so many different philosophies. There's so many different takes on things. It doesn't matter what it is. 
You know, we can, we, if I bring out one subject, there's a thousand different voices on the subject. You know, whether it's parenting or, or, or marriage or singleness. Like, there's tons of voices, tons of religions, right? Tons of takes on life. And, uh, and it's becoming uh, a little bit confusing out there. Would you, would you agree with me that, that we are bombarded daily with so many different voices about so many different things? You know, there's not a moment that goes by without you being uh, bombarded with some kind of advertisement that tells you you need this thing. You know, if you don't have this thing, your life is terrible, right? Like every advertisement tells you this product is what you need. You know, they, they say an average, you probably get bombarded with an average of 7,000 advertisements a day. Wow. And that you're, it's so ingrained in you, you don't even recognize it because it's so in you. Like you drive home today, because I talked about it, you'll see it. <laughs> you'll see every billboard, you'll see a bus drive by you, you'll see, a, you'll see an advertisement. It's all over the place. You can't pick up your phone without an advertisement. You can't go on Facebook without an advertisement. And speaking of Facebook, social media is not helping us. You know, you know the, the, the sad thing is research is showing it's, it's actually doing more damage than good. Yeah. You know, there's good to it. But unfortunately, the noise level on the negative side is, is, is outweighing the positive of what the social media is supposed to do. We call it social media, but it's becoming very unsocial. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's becoming very unsocial, unfortunately. You know, we use it, uh, but I think it's using us, uh, uh, you know. Uh, unfortunately. And so that we have so many of these layers that we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. And to make matters worse, um, our inner world is confusing. Yeah. If we were to be honest today, uh, those things find their way in. Right? And now we find ourselves, you know, confused. We find ourselves in turmoil. We find ourselves anxious. We find ourselves fearful. You know, we may say I'm okay, but deep down inside we're like, am I really Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't want to, like, sit in anybody's chair tonight, but, um, but you get what I'm talking about. The, you know, there's the outward, you know, the world around us is in chaos, and it makes matter worse. The chaos gets on the inside, and we become emotionally unstable. We become emotionally inconsistent, right? We become a little bit emotionally bipolar at times. Oh, y'all ain't going to act like... <laughs> Like we in church. <laughs> the outside world is in chaos. It's confusing. Uh, inner world ends up being in chaos. It's confusing. Therefore, we need things outside of the world and ourselves to anchor us. Amen. Because I think we can be honest for a second and say sometimes we find ourselves like ships in the middle of the sea being tossed back and forth by so many waves. And being driven by so many different things. And so it's critical that we have some anchors to secure us, to hold us down. Right? And it has to be something outside of me. Because sometimes people say, you know, you got to find yourself. But it's like, I'm lost. I don't even know where to go to go. Like, I don't know about you guys. Sometimes uh, I, I need something to save me from me. Come on, can we be honest for a second? Sometimes I need someone to save me from me. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? And so I need something outside of me. So I can't look inwardly because <laughs> the inward world sometimes is chaotic. I can't look outwardly because the outward world is chaotic. So what is it that can help me? And I believe one of the things that God has given us is his word. Amen. You know, Jesus said that heaven and earth one day will pass away, but his word will remain forever. Like he said, what God speaks is eternal. So therefore, I need some things that can ground me 
that's bigger than the world around me and is bigger than even the turmoil that's going on on the inside of me. Can you say amen? I believe that, that this thing, more than ever, blows my mind, is so old, but it's so relevant. Like more than ever, I feel like I need the word of God in my soul. I need it in my spirit. I need it in my decisions. I need it in my thinking. I need it in my marriage. I need it in my parenting. You know, I need it in every area and aspect of my life because everything is shaky ground. And Jesus said, if you build your house on a sand, don't be surprised when the storms come. Right? And they wipe away everything that you thought you hold dear. But he says, you got to build your house on a solid foundation. He was talking about his word. Can you say amen? So these collections of books are so ancient. They're old. But nothing is more relevant. The reason why they're so relevant is because they were inspired by God himself. See, God didn't write these words. God inspired his words. God breathed life into people to speak these words into existence. Like I said, about 40 authors who brought these words into existence. And, and even the Bible tells you why they wrote these words. Can I, can I show it to you? Uh, there's a man, one of the men who wrote majority of the New Testament Bible said this about the Bible. He says, this is why you have the Bible in the first place. He says this, all scripture, talking about the Bible, is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, because we know truth is becoming more and more, you know, foggy. And to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us. Hello, somebody. When we are wrong, no one's wrong anymore. And teaches to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So that's the point of why we have these books, right? Inspired by God to lead us towards his will. In truth, we know that it's not necessarily a thing. The truth is a person. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you really want to know the truth, you got to look at me. And he says, if you look at me, then you're looking at the will and the word of God. Can you say amen? And so, and so if you're taking notes tonight, as you read scriptures or the Bible, the Holy Spirit will work. To reveal truth about God's will, his purpose, and his way. You see, people say all the time, I wish God would speak to me. But they don't realize that God has already spoken. I wish God would reveal something to me. But how is he going to reveal this to you if you're not opening his word? Isn't it amazing? I hear people all the time, I wish I could hear the audible voice of God. No, you can actually hear it. You just haven't read it. Right? People are like, I wish there was a sign. He's like, there's about 66 books of signs. Right? You ever pray that? God, give me a sign. He's like, I think it's on your desk. It's actually on your phone now. (laughs) Hello, somebody. You're you're one app away from the word of God. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's amazing to me. And And I'm talking about sometimes people in church. Right? They, they say they want to hear from God, but it's like, when was the last time you actually read what he's already spoken? Right. See, in order to know God, you must know what he already said about you. That's good. Right? And it's already there in writing. Can you say amen? amen? And so if I want to experience God, I must become familiar with what God has already said. Because he's already revealed some things. And if, I, if, I'm, if I'm serious about it, 
I want to know. I don't know about you guys, but when I came face to face with this Jesus about 20 years ago, I was like, if this is real, I need to know everything that he said. So I went on a mission to read the whole thing. You know, I read the New Testament in a couple of months because I was like, I was hungry. I was like, I need to know if this is for real. Because I don't want to just have an emotional encounter. I want to have something that grounds me. Because sometimes people come to church, they'll have an emotional encounter, but they didn't encounter God. There's a difference. See, getting emotional is one thing. Right? But having an experience with God is something else. Because sometimes you can get emotional, you go right back to the same old. Hello, somebody. You know, there's people in bad relationships. They get emotional about it all the time. But they're still in it. Okay, all right, I'll just, I'll just move on. Y'all ain't going to talk to me tonight. The reason why the Bible is so relevant and can truly become an anchor, you need an anchor. It, 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 here's the reason why. It, it, it appeals to the human heart. Like nothing speaks to the heart more than these words. It blows my mind how relevant it is, not to necessarily society, but to my heart. Right. Even to society, really, to be honest. Right? That's what's fascinating about the Bible. It's so old, but it's so relevant. Why? Because, because the things of the heart hasn't changed. So They're the same. Yeah. Right? So much so, one of my favorite books in the Bible, the book of Ecclesiastes, if you never read it, please do. Here's what he says about, about life. He says this, look, history merely repeats itself. It, it has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Right? We've made incredible technological advances in which we all benefit from. We've made incredible scientific advances, which is incredible. And I think we will continue to evolve in that sense. But the reality is the human heart is still the same. Like the human experience, the same. Doesn't matter if you go back 200 years ago, 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, humans are humans. Like, like the struggles are the same. The questions, the same. The questions you're asking today, they've been asking for 2,000, 4,000, 6,000 years. Right? The pains, the same. The struggles, the same. The hopes, the same. The dreams, the same. Right? You're dreaming about an iPhone. They used to dream about communication. That's why they had pigeons. That's why they wrote letters. Like, that was the meat of the day. Right? There's nothing new under the sun as far as the human experience goes. We're experiencing the exact same things. That's why this thing appeals to the heart. Because he's talking to you. Right? It's talking to you. Like those, those things have not changed at all. Right? We're not very different from these people. Like if we strip it down to the human experience, we're not different at all. Right? And if you pay close attention, you might see yourself in them. If you're reading the Bible correctly, you don't see those people anymore. You see you. Because you have the same exact struggles dreams, hopes, aspirations that these people have. If you're a human being, the Bible is for you. Did you know this? Go Google it. It still is today the number one selling book in the world. Today, 2018, still is. The number one selling book in the entire world. Why? Because it speaks to the human heart. 
Right? So much so that majority of the books written are inspired by the Bible. Like the best books you're going to read is because they took it from the Bible. Like it's all plagiarized. The best business books you will ever read, they're principles from the Bible. You want to have a good business? Read Proverbs. Right? The best artists go to the Bible. You want to write a good song? Read Psalms. Right? It's all there. Right? You want to be a good parent? It's there. Right? You want to have good grades? It's there. Like, it's amazing to me. It covers every aspect of life if you're paying attention. This is not, it wasn't meant to be a Sunday thing. It's meant to be a life. Funny thing is millions of books have been inspired by these books. Right? You see someone come out, it's like, yeah, bro, you're just plagiarizing. You, you just put into words what the Bible already said so many years ago. Right? And then the characters, my goodness, I love the Bible. You don't get more honest than the Bible. Right? Usually when you're writing fiction, you want to highlight certain things. And the Bible highlights everything. Like some things you're like, why? You ever read Song of Songs? How did that make it? If you don't know what I'm talking about, good. I mean, you, you're like, I know I'm going to read it tonight. So, it's like, how did that make the inspiration of the word? That, I love the honesty of it. It doesn't hide anything from us. It doesn't pull any punches. It doesn't sugarcoat anything. Right? It's a beautiful mess. It's the best way I can put it. Why? Because life is a beautiful mess. Right? I was talking to someone earlier today. You know, I said, you know, the reason why the Bible is so appealing is because we're messy. I said, if, you, if you're having a hard time with life and the Bible, well, welcome to life. Sometimes people are like, I read it, I didn't understand. I'm like, do you understand you? Do you? Do you understand your, the very kids that you live with? Like, their own kids are complex. You could be married to someone and not even know them. Am I going too deep for a Saturday? It's a beautiful mess because life is a beautiful mess. Right? Life doesn't just unfold and, and, and we live happily ever after. I love that about the Bible. There's no happily ever after on this afterlife unless there's an afterlife. Like you, like you can live. Like don't get me wrong when I say that because you might think it's all gloom and doom. No. Actually, what I love about the Bible is it's so honest. It's so real that you can have honest hope. You can have honest peace. You can have honest decision making. Like, you can have honest discernment. You can have honest wisdom. This is not some gushy, mushy feeling somewhere. It's grounded in life. It's grounded in real time, in real place. Like, right now, if you take these words that I'm preaching tonight and you apply them to your life, you will see results. You will see fruits because the Bible is alive. It's active. It's real. I love that the heroes don't wear capes. I love that the heroes are everyday people. Matter of fact, some of these writers... We're everyday people. Fishermen, some of them. Kings, some of them. Right? Lawmakers, some of them. Tax collectors, in, indeed. IRS. <laughs> How'd you like to read a book from the IRS? That's when you do it. When you're reading Matthew, you're reading an IRS perspective on the Bible. <laughs> Luke was a physician, a doctor. Right? Paul was a theologian, a philosopher. Right? Moses, a lot maker. Everyday people. And what I love about it is they don't wear capes. 
Because God shows you, man, they, they're messy. Every single hero is messy. But that's life, isn't it? Right? That's life. And that's what I love about how this thing is so real. And, and here's the other thing. When you read the Bible, even though it's, it's, it's inspired by God, it's a very human book. Yes. It's very honest. The prayers in the Bible are the most honest prayers you will ever pray. Matter of fact, they're more honest than some of our prayers today. Like, these guys were honest about their prayers. Like, if you're wondering, go read Psalms. It's all prayers and poetry, music. It's all very blunt about where they are. But they never stay there. Why? Because when you're real with God, God will be real back with you. Right? That's why you don't have time to play church. You got to be real. If you're real, you're going to see results because God is into real. He's a real God in real time that will come into your real mess and transform into a real message. You know? And no easy answers in, this, in these chapters. None easy answers. There's no formulas. If you do A plus B, you get C. There's no formulas. Like, like it may work for somebody in one chapter and you read another one, it may not work for the same person because he's so unique. Every situation is unique. And so, and so if, you're looking, if you're going to the Bible like it's a horoscope, you, you're reading it wrong. Right? It's not, it doesn't work that way. Right? But here's what fascinates me about the Bible. Some, the, sometimes the stuff that we miss is the stuff that we need to pay attention to. Like there's this portion of the Bible usually we all skip, including myself, the genealogies. You ever read the genealogies in the Bible? This person begat this person, this person begat this person. By the time you're done, you're sleeping. And you feel guilty because you were in the Bible. And you felt... Hey, I'm the pastor. I'm owning it. So you can, own, you know, it's okay. I'm setting you free. Right? But, then, but then, then the revelation comes. Why is that in the Bible? You ever thought about that? Because if it's God's word, it's for a reason. Right? Never forget the day that God revealed to me that the genealogies are there because everybody matters. In God's economy, everybody matters. Even the ones who you think play the most insignificant role, God's like, no, that matters in my, in my economy. Every single person matters, which tells me that sometimes in the mundane of life, you may not realize that everything matters. Life, majority of it happens in the mundane. You get highlights here and there, but for majority of time, you're just doing life. And, and apparently, according to God, your life matters. Your decisions matters. Your actions matters. And you might be writing the same book that these guys wrote. It's just that it's your life now. It's your legacy now. Right? It's, your, it's, your, it's your history that he's writing. Right? So all of it matters. And then he gives you details like the reason why this happened to that person is because he didn't pay attention to the details. One of the great heroes in the Bible is David, right? Killed Goliath. But it then it tells you in the times where kings would go to war, David decided, I'm going to hang back. And because he hung back, he made one of the most terrible decisions of his life. He slept with someone who wasn't his wife. And the last, the next, here's the part that no one reads. Does it make your devotional books? The next 15 years of his life was the most horrible 15 years of his life. Why? Because he brought a curse into his life. 
So every decision matters. He made a decision to hang back, and that cost him a legacy. Right? So, so sometimes people come to church, they're like, oh, you guys are too serious. No, I actually think we're not serious enough. Because if we were, we would pay attention to every decision and choices that we're making because we're writing the history of our lives. And God is faithful to bless your life, but also God is faithful to shed light on things that need to be shed light on. Can you say amen tonight? Come on. So you matter. And your decisions matter. So, so when you, listen, here's the key if you're taking notes tonight. When you read the Bible, it's one thing. But when you obey the Bible, that's where the rubber meets the road. Right? In order to experience God, you must obey the word. Right? It's not just reading it. In other words, it's not about the knowledge. It's, the, it's about the wisdom. Knowledge is just accumulating Information. Wisdom is how do you apply the information that you accumulated. That's why the Bible, even today, if you, if you read your Bible app, today's word was seek wisdom, but also seek good judgment. Right? Seek wisdom, but seek good judgment. In other words, what are you going to do with that wisdom? What are you going to do with that information? Like tonight, you don't think God says, I'm giving you a word for you to do something with it? I don't think he's saying, hey, get together, sing some songs, kumbaya. I think he, he, he brings us together. He's like, I, I got a word for you. If you're paying attention, there's, I don't know how many of us here tonight, but I believe this. If you're paying attention, he is connecting the dots for you right now in your life. Right now as I speak, it's not about me. It's about his word. I, I, just, I hope I'm just a good vessel that he can just speak through. Can you say amen? amen? Jesus said this about the word. Jesus said this. He said, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So, in other words, we are more than the sums of our physical urges. We don't live by physical urges alone, people. Our entire society makes life about physical urges. No wonder we're a mess. No wonder relationships don't work. It's all physical. We wonder why we're broken and why we're thirsty, why we're hungry, because we're hungry for something more real, which is the Word of God. Right? We need this thing in our souls. It's the only thing that satisfies your soul. That's why sometimes we're doing so many things, but we still feel hungry. Right? Like tonight. It's God trying to feed your soul, not your belly, your soul. You know, pay attention, please, tonight to the cravings of your soul. Because if you don't pay attention to those cravings, you'll eat all the wrong things. Never shop when you're hungry. (laughs) Buy all the wrong things. Right? You're like, I didn't know this was amazing. It's like, you never eat that. On a good day, you're not eating that snack. You're like, Slim Jim, ah, amazing. On a full day, you walk by that Slim Jim. Pay attention to the rumors of your soul. Because I'm not just talking about, you know, going shopping. I'm talking about you can get into wrong relationships when you're hungry. 
Homeboy looks good when you're hungry. Then you get full, you're like, Ikakai. He was always kakai. You just didn't pay attention. Isn't it funny? Ladies, I don't want to mean to pick on you, but isn't it funny how a woman talk after? Yeah, he's ugly. It was like, girl, so why were you with him? Right? I, I got to do something for the fellas, too, because it's not right. Keep it balanced. You know, like, like fellas, let's be real. Right? If you're not paying attention, you're just looking at the outward. Then weeks, months go by, you're like, we can't even talk. You couldn't talk from the beginning. <laughs> you just couldn't pay attention. Right. I got to move on. I always get into trouble with this stuff. I got to move on. Okay. But the Bible says that, that, that the word is like honey on your lips. Did you catch that in Psalm 19? It says it's like sweet honey on your lips. There's a tradition behind this, right? In the Jewish tradition, by the age of six, okay, six years old, they will begin to teach you the Bible. The Old Testament. That's all they had, right? And, and the rabbis decided this. There's a quote from a Jewish tradition, right? He said this, under the age of six, we do not receive a child as a pupil. From six upwards, accept them and stuff him with Torah like an ox. In other words, feed him as much Bible as you can from the age of six on. Did you know this? By the age of six, majority of Jewish kids would know the first five books in the Bible memorized. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. You ever read Leviticus? Mm. Numbers and Deuteronomy. Memorized. Memo- you know why we go, wow? Because, because we don't understand that. It's not that it's hard. It's that our appetites are in the wrong place. Think about it, right? Your six-year-old right now could quote you songs from every single thing that comes on the radio. They know it by heart. They'll tell you about every, every movie that they watch. They, they know stuff by heart. It's not that it's hard to know the word. It's about our appetites and what we're feeding ourselves. It's not hard. It's not hard. Why is it that right now you get in your car, you hear a song you haven't heard since high school, but you know the whole thing? Come on, let's be real. Right? You know the whole thing. Why? It's memorization. It's what you're feeding yourself every single day. And, and garbage in, garbage out. Right? So, so if I get on a daily diet of the word, then the word's going to come out of me. It's going to be my mind. It's going to be my mouth. It's going to be my decisions. Right? Because I'm feeding myself the word. Right? And so, and so they would take honey, right? First day of class, they would take honey. They would put that on, on their finger, right? And they would tell them, like, well, we're about to start the greatest adventure of your life. You're going to know God's word, right? And they would put on their finger and they would say, now may, may as you taste honey, which, by the way, honey was an exquisite, exquisite uh, thing from that time. Like, they didn't have it. It was rare to have honey. And so for them, it was like, man, we get to taste this thing that's like, nah, every, every day we get to taste it. Are you catching this? Yeah, yeah. Saying like the word of God is, is exquisite. Like it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's something that you have to have an acquired taste for. And it's not like you can just find it anywhere because the world doesn't give you the word. Right? 
honey was a sign of favor. That's why when they went to the promised land, it's like, I'm going to give you a land full of milk and honey. Right? But, but God was playing with words there. He was saying milk and honey like, like I'm the exquisite thing in your life. Okay? Because when, when things were ma- lacking, he's like, I was still here. Right? And he's like, I'm going to give you mana for a season. I'm going to give you quail for a season. But I'm the one that's always going to remain there through all the stuff that you go through. As actually, I'm the one that you're looking for. I'm the honey, honey. And so, and, so, and so then the rabbi would say, go ahead, put it in your mouth. And then they would say these words. And I want to say these words over you today. He says, may the words of God be like honey on your tongue. May the words of God be the most pleasurable thing you can enjoy. Right, that's my time. And may the word, and may the word of God get deep into your soul. That's so good. Right? This is not do's and don'ts. This is the word. Of God to us. You guys can come up. Come on, that's my cue, you know. I'm trying to be disciplined, you know. <laughs> but here's the thing. As I end tonight, church, the Bible says this. This is James, the brother of Jesus. Remember him? Hardcore dude. He said this. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what he says. Otherwise, you are fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. This is why I keep telling you guys, take notes. Why? Because you're accountable to those notes. To live them out. It's not to say, you know, we preach good. No, we're living good. We're living the word that God gives it to us. So I'm going to give you two tools tonight that I believe can help you get the word in you and enjoy it like you should. Right? We live in an age of so many great resources. Like, we live in, to me, in the greatest age ever. I could be biased because Solomon would be like, no, I lived in the greatest age ever. You know what I'm saying? Depending on the area you're in. But look at these tools we have available to us, right? If you go on YouTube, right, and you go to this, to this the Bible Project channel, oh, my goodness, so good. If you have a hard time understanding the Bible, these are visuals. These are short movies made about every single book in the Bible, how to read the Bible, how to understand the culture, how to understand text, how to understand the different thematics of the Bible. Like, it's a fascinating, like, visual about the Bible. It brings the Bible to life. Right? Guess what? You're watching stuff every day. So it's not about, we're not changing your lifestyle. We're just saying, like, adjust your appetites. Right? Instead of watching Netflix for five, six hours, which that would be ridiculous. But how about taking some of those moments and say, I'm going to go feed my, my soul the living word of God. Right? Write this down. I'm telling you, this thing, I'm, I'm introducing it to my kids now because it's fascinating. It's so visual. They, they get mesmerized by it. And it's, it's so educational. Like these are theologians who took time to write this stuff. It's powerful. Right? And then the next thing I want to give you tonight is this book right here. Such an incredible book about the Bible. It's called The Bible from 30,000 Feet. It breaks down every single book in the Bible, why it was written, from what perspective was it written, and it helps you go through the Bible for the entire year if you want to. But you can pick it up anytime you want to. Uh, These are the things, my friends, that will make all the difference in the world in your life. If every day you're feeding yourself the Word of God, then guess what? 
Your mind is renewed. Your mouth is renewed. Your feelings are renewed. And then your actions will be renewed. Can you say amen tonight? Would you stay with me? I want to pray for you tonight. But I want to pray the word over you. I just want you to receive this tonight. I wish I had honey to pass around. Just pretend I'm giving you honey tonight. But would you lift your hands to the Lord? I want to pray this over you tonight. The instructions of the Lord are perfect. Reviving your soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commands of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey them. Can you say amen? I want to thank you for listening today. And I want to encourage you to share this with someone who needs to hear about the love of God. And uh, hope to see you soon.